Welcome to events. What wakes you up at 3 a.m.? Hey, it's Carl Andow, Grand Poobah, Niche Media here. How's everyone doing out there? Okay, I have to admit right off the bat here, I've been bad, very, very bad. I haven't produced a podcast in two months. So part of the charm and, and the great thing about being the Grand Poobah is I get to blame someone so I'm going to blame my right-hand person, Robin Ireland, the niche Swiss army knife. Robin was out part of the summer, admittedly for a pretty good reason. She had a beautiful baby daughter. So the one thing that unfortunately slipped between the cracks at niche HQ was the podcast. So I apologize to Jay DeWitt, our guest this month, uh, for the delay in getting out the podcast. Jay was super kind and talked to me just a week or two after his very first event. I was excited to talk to Jay because he's my first guest who was a first-time event organizer, and you can learn a lot from fresh eyes. So hang on, by the way, to the very end of the interview, Jay shares some really great marketing ideas. Uh, anyway, looking forward to seeing you all very soon. Uh, we've got two great events coming up. Uh, the Niche Digital Conference is going to be in an awesome location, uh, beautiful Savannah, Georgia, September 28th through the 30th. And then our second annual Niche Event Fest is coming up soon, too. Uh, we're going back to New Orleans November 16th through the 18th. Anyway, here's Jay DeWitt, CEO of 10 Missions Media. I'm really excited about this week's show. Um, we are we have the pleasure of having Jay DeWitt to the program, coming all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, really excited to have you, Jay. Uh, how are you doing today? Happy to be here. I'm doing great. Good, 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 good. What I, I'm like doubly excited about this week's uh, or this month's podcast because we've never interviewed someone who just had their first event uh, before. You know, we, I've had grizzled, you know, veterans uh, to date. So this is sort of looking at an event from a child's eyes. Uh, no offense, Jay, but uh, I think we can <laughs> learn a lot, uh, you know, from someone who hasn't done events and stuff that maybe we take for granted and stuff we miss. So anyway, I'm very excited. And, the fact uh, that I'm the fact that I'm still here is uh, is a good thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So anyway, so uh, just to get to know a little bit about Jay. Uh, so I, Jay, I know you you've been a magazine publisher for a long time. What has it been like? Twenty twenty five years? Uh, actually, nineteen ninety nine is when I got my start. So we're sixteen years into this thing. Uh, prior to that, I was a bean counter. I was a CPA. You know, I saw that. I went uh, on LinkedIn and, and saw that. So you and I are uh, couldn't be more different. Uh, I was a business major, and I was a business major that could not pass accounting. Uh, I went. I went to Miami University in Ohio, and you had to take two classes in accounting, and I kept on putting them off until my senior year. And then I just got through it. So, uh, so, so you you sort of have an analytical mind, I, I, I would assume. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very, uh, yeah, analytical and entrepreneurial at the same time. Yeah, well, that that that's a good combination. Uh, and so your company is Ten Missions Media, right? Yep. 
And then I, I'm just curious, well, what, what's, the, uh, what's the meaning behind the 10 uh, missions? Uh, it's our 10 guiding principles, actually, the way that we, uh, we like to do business. Um, guides our staff and guides, uh, they're, they're kind of pillars to our philosophies. Okay. Well, that, that sounds good. And, you know, you're in, in, are you from the Midwest originally? I am. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, all Midwesterners, they have good morals and all that. I, uh, you know, I, I did escape it, um, you know, coming from <laughs> Ohio, but, uh, you probably really enjoy the snow and all that. So I'll, I'll leave you there. Um, so anyway, Jane, so just so our audience knows, uh, what, what do you publish? Uh, we published two titles, uh, Fender Bender and Ratchet and Wrench. So uh, talk about sexy titles. Um, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, so these are B2B titles, and, and who's your audience? B2B titles uh, for Fender Bender, it's uh, roughly 45,000 collision repair owners and operators. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Ratchet and Wrench uh, brand, it's... Uh, just north of 90,000 auto care center owners wow. and operators. Wow. And this is all controlled circulation? All controlled circ, yep. I know. I was very excited. I got some work done on my car, and I saw a fender bender. And I don't know if you remember, but I actually took a picture of it and sent it to you from the uh, from the repair place. You uh, did. That's great. That's was, great. And, and, and you know what? I, uh, I told the guy that owns it uh, that I know the publisher. And seriously, he was really excited. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so it's a big moment for all of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got no discount, though, Jay. Based on, based <laughs> I'll work on, on that next time. <laughs> yeah. But, but I want to talk about your uh, conference. So uh, uh, what's the name of it, and, and when did you have it? Uh, it's the Fender Bender Management Conference, and we held that uh, May 18th, I believe, through the 20th in Philadelphia. Okay, and you're probably still tired from it, I would imagine. You know, we came back with so much energy, I'm still riding high off of it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I know a little bit about it uh, because I, I think you contacted me maybe a year and a half two years out from when you did it? Um, actually, I hired a consultant that came to some of your events on my behalf, and that's probably the first real introduction um, to what we were thinking of doing. And that was probably a couple of years ago, I think, in Arizona. Yeah, it was. And, and um, uh, who did you send? It was, uh, oh, Hervey, wasn't it? Hervey, Hervey Evans. Evans. Yep. Yeah. And I do, I remember... Uh, we, we did this uh, uh, seminar specifically about putting on live events, and Herbie signed up for it, you know, just for that workshop, and I had no idea why the hell he was there. He was very <laughs> secretive about the whole thing. So um, um, anyway, so that's great. So, uh, uh, But how, how long have you been thinking about the event? I have been thinking about uh, live events for probably, it's five plus years, five, seven years or so. Wow. Uh, like I said, you're analytical and uh, I'm more like the gut guy. I'm like, oh, this seems like a good idea. and It, it would be fun. Why don't we just do it? And I, I don't think you operate that way. No, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> I think and overthink and rethink and overthink and rethink. Yeah. Well, you know, the combination of the two of us would be awesome. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so this was geared uh, towards the, uh, um, you know, 
the same market as your magazine, Fender Bender, right? That's correct. Yep, and, the owners uh, and operators. Yep. Yeah, but okay. So this is interesting. So you're it's a national uh, magazine, or uh, or maybe even international. But uh, so, but did it end up? It, it will get to the very beginning. But I'm just curious. Did it end up being more a regional event or national? You know. Uh, out of the gates, I thought it would be a regional event. As we got into working with some consultants, we decided, you know, we're going to open it up nationwide, um, take that approach. But I think roughly 30% of the attendees were from the Northeast within a couple hundred miles. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait. So let, let's just back it up. Like, um, you know, whenever you got really serious, maybe two, three years ago, I would imagine, and so uh, what was your anxiety? Why, why were you waking up at 3 a.m. not ready to pull the trigger? Well, I, I, when I think about the anxiety aspect of it, you know, I, I look at four key areas of, of anxiety. But first and foremost, you know. I, I, wait, firstly, I'm very impressed that you already broke your anxiety into four levels. That's, that's awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, make, obviously making the decision to start the event, um, I had been thinking about it for five years and, uh, you know, I, I eventually just needed to, to make the call and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so that, you know, it's five years of anxiety laden sleepless nights. <laughs> why, why were you so worried? Well, you know, the... The reality was is that we don't have anybody on our staff that had event experience. Um, that was a big, big deal. Um, the other part of it was uh, the format and knowing uh, what, what, you know, a conference, a trade show, a summit, um, you know, just not knowing what we should do, um, you know, and then, you know, all of the other stuff, the when to have a quality of content, quality of speakers, pricing, duration, location, all of that stuff, and just having the, I don't know how to do this, how am I going to do this? Right, right. So so how did you resolve, you know, uh, this anxiety and, and what helped you move forward? Well, when we, you know, I finally made the, the decision to move forward with it, uh, I had done some work with Herbie Evans on some other projects and it was kind of natural for me to, to bring him on board and, and do start doing some analysis and he has met, he, he attended your event, he attended uh, or he met with uh, Exhibitor Magazine, he met with all kinds of people to come back to the, the table and show us some different models that we we might use. So that was two, two years ago um, and then eventually I connected with another consultant, uh, Predictive Marketing, mm -hmm. uh, who was run by a couple of former Penwell folks, to uh, re, you know, revisit this, and that was last summer. Okay. Um, and so, long story short, is I reached out to people that that were far smarter than me. Um, they had done this before, or were equipped, or had the contacts. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, asking people like you for help. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and, and then just picking a horse and, and moving on it. Right, 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 right. So, uh, uh, 
that's really half the battle there. But but you know, because you're an analytical guy, you need to have all the data and all that. And and that must have really helped you. And you know, I think it's uh, Jay, a really good point for anyone who's starting their first event. I mean, why not rely on consultants that have been doing it for a long time? And, you know, because it's, it's, you know, starting a conference or a trade show, you're not the first person to ever do it. Um, so so I, I think that was, that was good. And, and it makes sense that that made you feel way more comfortable. So uh, once you got uh, actually started in the event thing, so then, then the anxiety, I assume, really started, you know, getting geared up. What, what, what were you really nervous about right at the very beginning, and, and, and how did you solve all that? Well, so, yeah, once we made the decision, and now it's, uh, it's game on, um, you know, the anxiety, you know, naturally is how are we going to do this? Um, and, you know, we didn't know where to start, where should we start, how is the speaker recruitment process, website, materials needed, and all of this stuff going to work? Again, in this case, in a lot of that, we, we started to lean on the consultant predictive marketing. Um, and, and that was very, very basic, even starting uh, with, the, with the name selection and brand creation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's easy for us to say it's going to be a fender bender conference, but they helped us think, you know, who is it? We got to identify the exact target audience that needs to be present in the name, hence Fender Bender Management Conference. Um, and we wanted to be clear about what the conference is for. So then, um, so that took care of that anxiety. The other part of it was, which was a biggie, was the time and location selection. Mm -hmm. um, and we we mined our subscriber data for a lot of that. We we look for densities across the country um, from our subscriber file, and we found where we have the highest densities within 200 miles to try to give us the greatest opportunity to have engaged people that right. were close and they could drive. You know, they could get there easily. Um, the consultant also, another part of our, our location and time selection process was to look at hotel price indexing. Um, so oh, you want to explain what that is? Yeah, you know, there's a actually just for all the listeners, if you go to hpi.hotels.com, it gives you uh, essentially what a, a night's room rate will be at, at all the major cities. And we wanted to make sure that from a venue selection perspective and the city selection that, that the hotel rates weren't going to be astronomical, which would have to push up our prices, going to make our success a little bit more difficult to uh, attain. And, and so that, so and, and then the third thing on that was we looked at the competitive events, when they are happening and where. Right, sure. And so we took all three of those components with the consultant's help, looked at opportunities and times of the year, um, cities that had favorable ho hotel pricing and where we had already a great, great inroads with, with our brand. And what we ended up with was Philadelphia. Right. Okay. So, so, uh, as far as that, let me ask you a question. The person who is attending it, is this the owner operator uh, of a, a repair shop? Is that who it is? Yep, that's the owner, operator, manager. Yep. Okay, so do, do in 
I don't know that market very well. Um, is it more people that own franchises or independents or a mix of those? It's a mix. A lot of independents and a, and a lot of multi-shop operators where they would have managers. But it's a, it's a, it's a lot of mom and pop shops. I mean, yeah. they're they're big, you know, a million, two and a half million or better. But um, yeah, typically in independents. And and you know, I would think just off of the top of my head, those people probably don't travel a lot. You know, I mean, they're not used to going to business events. I wouldn't think. Well, you know, that was a key thing for us. And it was, do we have this on a weekend? Do we have it during the week? They're busy on Mondays with cars coming in, and they're busy on Fridays with cars going out. And the reality is is that they're owner-operators, so they're, a lot of them are working in their business and not on it, and they can't be away for very long. So we wanted to make it accessible. They didn't have to fly several days out, things of that nature. They could drive in you know, stay at home or drive back, just miss a couple of days of work and make it easy for them. So, so what days did you end up picking the event? Like a weekday, was it a weekday thing? I, I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Yeah, we did. We did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. We, we followed your model. We did a workshop, uh, uh, on Monday afternoon mm -hmm. and then the conference full conference was Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. Hey, one question, you know, did you contact like your advertisers to be sponsors, exhibitors, like right at the beginning? You know, again, this goes back to us and our, you know, not having a lot of experience. We we didn't involve sponsors early on or yeah. or potential sponsors. You know, I think part of that was we're still figuring out the, you know, the messaging and the value propositions, things of that nature. And so we did not rely on them, no. Yeah, so that's very interesting because we had the same scenario when we started what was called the Niche Magazine Conference like 10 years ago where uh, I was so worried about getting attendees uh, and didn't have though the relationships with the sponsors at the time because I didn't have a magazine like you do and you already had that you already had those relationships so um, you know I, I sort of missed that too and, and I uh, you know, that's just a good thing for anyone starting a new um, event. I, I, you really want to contact your potential sponsors, exhibitors, ASAP. In fact, I, I've written a couple of blogs about this, and this is same as uh, along the lines of starting a, a new magazine. Get them involved right at the beginning. I, I do it before I even have any pricing or anything like that. And, and then they feel like they're part of the team and getting them to end up uh, – Signing up as a sponsor or exhibitor is really easy because they feel like they're part of it. So I, I think in our case, there was a couple of components that I would just you know throw out there for the listeners, and that is the timing, you know, the amount of time you have before the event needs to launch because you need to be cognizant of their budgeting cycle. Right. And and we were kind of behind that eight ball. We already had budgets for from a lot of these people for our other media properties. So we were in a situation now we're going back and we're at it asking for one more thing. Um, th I mean, that was, that was probably the biggest thing and, and that, that affected us. So if you're thinking about, you know, launching an event, a new event, you know, make sure you're, you're thinking about that budget and when they're going to be planning that budget. Right. 
Right, absolutely. And, and you know, going forward, I assume you're just going to make it part of an integrated program and, 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 you know, just the sponsorships included, obviously, you know, for more money and all that stuff. But, you know, it is, it's hard to get sponsors in a first time event anyway, because they just, everyone's like, well, what is it like? You know, who's going to be there? You know, I always love nine months in advance. Like, oh, can you send me the attendee list? Like, who who has a freaking attendee list nine <laughs> months in advance? But people ask that all the time, you know. And, uh, you know, in your case, you have the list and all that. You could have, you know, pulled who it is that you're trying to attract and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, but, yeah. Okay, so anyway, we're launching it, you know. So what? when was it? How far in advance was it? Around nine months where you had the dates and you started promoting it? We actually didn't start promoting it until late uh, late 2014, um, and we didn't have a website built and ready to launch until January, and so we had five months. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's you know probably a lesson learned right there. You know, because you really ideally want a year out. Um, I mean, that's, that's really the best scenario. Um, so, but you know, what I always tell people with new events is just, just do it, you know, just get that one first one out. Uh, because it's, it's, you know, we all forget how hard it is to launch something new because there's, you know, people can't visualize it until they see it, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Um, that being that being said, I want to I wanted to touch on one thing. Yeah. So we we didn't have a website until January because we didn't have agendas, we didn't have speakers, we didn't have a history, we didn't have anything. But one of the greatest things we did is we created a easy sign up form for what we called conference insiders. Right. So people that had heard, we started doing some you know a little bit of marketing in November and December. And we had this sign-up form on the website. Become a conference insider, and you will get advance notice of registration. And so when we when we decide when we opened up the site for registration, uh, a week prior to that, we we sent out a you know personalized note. We had over a hundred and some people sign up for the insider emails, and we sent out. Uh, a little discount for them in advance of the regular registration. Mm -hmm. And within, uh, within a week we had 20 to 30 people registered five months out. Right. That, that's great. In fact, I went on your site today and saw that you still continue to use that. And you, you, you encourage people to sign up for 2016 as far as like getting the information. And I think that conference insider is awesome. So um, anyway, that's great. So, okay, so you're launching. Uh, so what are you worried about? Uh, you know, you've got the website out, you know, and you, you have your, well, I mean, not, you, did you wait until you had a full agenda to actually put this site up? No, no, we added to it as, but we wanted at least something. We needed something, a keynote. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when we, you know, we, when we decide, okay, we turn this thing on, we make it public, we're going to do this. Um, obviously the one thing we're saying to ourselves, will anybody freaking come to this thing? Right, Is anybody right. going to sign up? I right. mean, um, we've got, uh, you know, what I consider big toe instinct. We've talked to a number of people over the last five to seven years about this thing. I'd been 
surveying people for the last seven years. <laughs> and uh, okay, you're when, insane. When we were, when we were doing our readership surveys, it was always a question: Would you attend the conference? When we we're at the conferences, you know, we were asking questions. So, I mean, obviously, we're wondering: Is anybody going to be here? Right. Um, then, if is anybody going to be here? There's some other, th- you know. I mean, how much are they willing to pay? Our industry is notorious for low pricing uh, for education, and so now we have to have the most kick-ass conference and quality of content ever to justify the value or the the price that we're asking. So, what's the pricing look like? What content do people want? You know, how do we deal with this whole negotiation with the hotel, and what does a budget look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, lastly, how does this thing get marketed? I mean, those are obviously okay, it's go time, what do we do now? Right, 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 right. So so of, of those whole things, I mean, you know, the pricing, how, what was the pricing? Uh, it was uh, Carl Landau, Grand Poobah's pricing. Oh, we, we essentially followed and started with, anyways, your price points, and I'll tell you why. Because um, our conference was modeled directly after yours. Okay. And it, we had to... <laughs> He, we had to make some assumption. Well, you, you know, it's uh, imitation's the best form of flattery. No, no, I mean, no, no, I'm happy. We, I, I want to see if there's a big check at the end of this thing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, so we, we enjoyed your conferences. We were following a very similar model. And without knowing how the F&B budgets work and how that whole process, you know, lays out, we started with pricing that was similar to yours. Okay. Okay, so around around a thousand bucks for the conference, something like that. Yep, yep, yeah. Okay, so anyway, and uh, and uh, you had several tiers of uh, deadlines and all that same scenario as we do, and and uh, uh, so anyway, so at at some point, like when did you start feeling more confident? You know, when did you start getting the signups? Uh, we started, you know, like I said, right out of the gate, we had uh, twenty to thirty. Sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, that first deadline, we, we, we pulled in a good number. And so we, we, we at least got to that 50, 60 number. Our, our goal was 200. We got to just over 100. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was probably three months out that we felt, okay, we got something here. And at that time, we were still massaging the agenda, getting our speakers, right. assembling all that. Um, so, you know, two, three months out, we, we at least felt we got something here. It's going to work. And, and it turned to, let's just look for critical mass from the, how many bodies are we going to need at the event to make it feel busy, right? Not necessarily make a bunch of money, but we want to make this place feel like the conference we envision. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, so uh, we're getting closer to the conference, you know, uh, when when logistics really come into play and all that. So uh, what were you really worried about, you know, like I'd say a month out or so? A month out, um, you know, I think a month out it was, it was turning into, I think we felt very comfortable about um, what things are going to happen when we get there a month out. Now, that being said... Um, I think our our anxiety turned to, okay, now once we're there and we're all the staff is there, are we doing anything? Are we doing it right? I mean, mm-hmm. how is it? You know, 
but I felt fairly comfortable a month out. It was just once we get there, um, are we doing this right or not? Yeah. Let, let me just back up. As far as marketing, you know, obviously you have a big magazine behind you, and I assume you're doing in-house ads and you're doing email. Uh, any surprises marketing-wise or something uh, that you end up using that really worked that you could, like, share with people? Yeah, you know, we, we have the benefit. We use a unified audience database uh, with, with knowledge marketing, actually. And so we, we do all of our emails out of there. We do what's called domain tracking. So we know Carl's given us his email, and he's on our website. We know that he's there. So... Uh, the consultants that we use is really their forte was testing, email testing. And mm-hmm. so we we tested, typically we started with eight variations of emails and we te- tested subject lines, benefits, features, calls to action, so on and so forth, and, and ran tests. And every test um, would build on itself. So over the course of all these months, we, we were getting the messaging more and more uh, one-to-one, if you will. Mm-hmm. We also ran a lot of experiments on Google, uh, on the website with Google Experiments. We would have, you know, three test homepages, um, you know, with different elements in different areas, and we would run experiments so that whatever action we wanted, ha- you know, taken, mm-hmm. that would eventually be your winning page. And we did that on registration pages. We did that on on home pages and then the, and then the last thing that we did was we used a lot of triggered emails. Um, we have the benefit of you know sending out thirty thousand emails to our our audience and we know everything about that audience because we have this unified audience database that tells us what their what their uh, uh, revenues are, all their demographic right. information. But we send a piece of content that talks about a speaker that's going to have a, a specific session. Anybody that clicked on that and showed some interest, seven days later and like 11 days later, they would get an automatic triggered email that would be more one-to-one to to support that topic that they showed interest in that's going to be at the conference. Jay, that's really great. So that's called triggered email? Well, we call it triggered emails based on behavior, yes. So you've shown an interest that you like the, the giants, Yes. We're gonna send. We're gonna send you an email in seven days, trying to sell you a giant's jacket. Okay. Okay. That's great. So uh, I love that. Uh, um, anyway, I'm just curious. Uh, uh, okay. So I mean, let, let's just go for it, and then we'll back up. But okay, the actual event. Uh, were there any big surprises, or I mean, you know, what what was that whole thing like? I mean, you we, know, your first time. It's it's you know uh, quite interesting usually. Yeah, yeah. So I think we, we did a really good job of, of measuring twice, cutting once, had a, a lot of our bases covered when we got there. Um, some of the things that we realized and we took, we came came home with was uh, kind of surrounding the, the F&B um, and it, understanding that when you put in your F&B budget, you need to be very, very specific on what's happening because the hotel staff doesn't know what you're doing in that room and why, and they don't care. And an example there is we had coffee cups and water cups in the general session room without any coffee and water on the tables. And that was because we didn't have it spelled out when we needed it. And so that was that was probably a surprise. Another surprise was just being, you know, you have to be this 
direct with them. You know, we need garbage cans on both levels in, a, in every room. Simple things like that that, you know, if it's not spelled out, they're not going to do it. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, just based on that, it, maybe a hotel wasn't that great. I mean, because, I mean, that's pretty... I understand, like, you know, that it could be missed or whatever, but that's pretty big. Um, but anyway, um, I, I'm sure it didn't have a major effect on the No, on it didn't. But, but it didn't. Uh, you, you're right. I mean, when we send out directions for the BEO for the hotel, I mean, we go into all the details. And, and you can't assume that they, you know, know – you can't assume anything from the hotel it is, if you haven't worked with them before. But um, – uh, so, so, uh, what is the plan, uh, you know, for next year and, 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 you know, what, and, and, and just, I'm just curious what, like the biggest surprise that you got out of it and, and that you're going to change for next year. Or, uh, or are you doing next year? I assume well, so. yeah. So I, I would say the biggest, the biggest surprise, and it, it's not, it, it's obviously a positive thing that leads into your question is, is we walked off, we walked away from the conference and all the attendee surveys that we did, we did some electronic when we got back and we did them obviously at the show. Mm -hmm. There was one person out of all the people that did the survey that said that they wouldn't come back to a show in 2016. Even though they gave us all fives, they <laughs> said that they weren't coming back. We don't know if they didn't understand the question right. or um, – so, so long story short is we obviously did something right. right. Um, the feedback, uh, the, the seven of us that were out there got – um, it was a game changer in our industry. Uh, and I can tell you a big, big thing was that we – we used their peers, body shop owners and operators, to conduct a lot of the seminars. It wasn't a consultant telling them what to do. Right. It was their peers that have done something successfully that ran the, ran the sessions. Mm -hmm. So that being said, yes, we are planning a, uh, two 2016 events right now. And... Mm -hmm. um, an organization or that I met down in New Orleans at your event, uh, MAD Event Management. Um, I have been meeting with them uh, a couple of weeks ago. We kind of kicked it off, and we're using them to help us launch uh, another Fender Bender Management Conference and uh, one for Ratchet and Wrench in 2016. Oh, that's awesome. So have you set, like, dates and hotels and all that yet? Um, we're still in the... Uh, in the early stages of that, um, we have some ideas of where and when they're not firmed up right now. Okay. Well, you got to get moving on that, Jay. Well, we're going to give ourselves <laughs> at least 12 months. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. So oh. we know that it's it's not going to be in May of next year. Got it. So probably fall. Probably fall yeah. is what we're thinking, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I did talk to you, I think, maybe two, three days after you were back, or maybe maybe the first day you were back. I don't know. You were insane. I think you answered the phone, even though you just came back, and, and you were really excited. And, uh, you know, what I found, because I was a magazine publisher for a long time, was this. You know, I, I had great magazines. We get great feedback. But it's totally different at a live event. Where, where, you know, you get instant feedback and you feel the energy, 
and and it's it's really exciting and and it, it sounds like you did a great job jay and and uh you know like i said you just have to get that first one over with and then and then you know you just know so much more and then you can concentrate on making some money well yeah we definitely uh i think as you've you know, people have stated in other uh, podcasts that you've done is that the the seven of us that were out there definitely have the event bug. There's no doubt about it. Um, it was uh, so rewarding, um, and you don't get that kind of feedback, like you said, with the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you have a lot to be proud of. I mean, your your uh, magazines are great. You have a great staff, um, and uh, I, I think you know your event future looks very bright. And anyway, I'm very proud of what you did. And, and thank you. And I'd love to go to one one day. Come on out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Jay, I really appreciate you spending the time today. And uh, and good luck with your uh, 2016 events. Thank you, Carl. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay. You're a good man. Thank you. Let's have a great day. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was really fun talking to Jay. I really appreciate his candor about what went right, what went wrong with his uh, first-time event. I think even event organizers that are veterans need to be reminded about several things that Jay learned. First thing is you need to give yourself plenty of time to market a first-time event. Uh, I think Jay just had about five months of marketing time, which uh, is not enough time. You also need to involve your potential sponsors, exhibitors early on in the event planning process. Get them to be part of the team in the planning stages. This really helps in getting them excited about a new event. And obviously, you want to give them as much time uh, so that they can budget for this new event. Uh, you probably learned pretty quickly Jay is a very analytical guy, and I think it really paid off uh, for a couple reasons. One, he he went ahead and hired some uh, experienced event consultants, which if you haven't been involved in the event business, uh, I think is a really good idea. Uh, he was also able to use a subscriber file uh, really wisely to find the best location uh, for his first time event. So uh, research and having that history and that data really helped. Uh, I love his domain web tracking and the triggered emails based on the prospect's behavior is totally awesome. Uh, Jay's a really humble guy, super smart. I'm very confident in uh, his two events he's planning in 2016 will be huge hits. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next month and get some good sleep. Thanks. Events, What Wakes You Up at 3 a.m. is a production of Niche Media. It's hosted by Niche Grand Poobah, Carl Landau, and produced by Robin Ireland. Questions for the Pooba? Email carl at nichemediahq.com. Check out nicheeventfest.com as well as blog.nicheeventnation.com for more information about putting on your niche events.